I was recently asked by a six-figure client to find him a go-to software for running the keyword and listing side of his Amazon business. As always, I simply recommended Helium 10. Helium 10 is the all-in-one software tool for entrepreneurs to help them start, build and grow a business on Amazon. With over a million users served and over 2 billion products tracked, they certainly know their business. One of the main reasons I use them and recommend them to my clients is that it allows you to manage your business seamlessly and in one place. Their artificial intelligence system is sophisticated enough to help you find your next market. It also helps you create a listing and manage sales all with less time and effort. Plus, you can trust the data to help you make important decisions. You also get access to in-depth training from industry experts. So whether you're just starting or several years in, Helium 10 is a must-have tool for the Amazon side of your business. You'll get 50% off your first month of Helium 10 Platinum when you go to helium10.com and use the code AMAZINGFBA when you check out. Once again, just go to helium10.com and use the code Amazing FBA for 50% off your first month. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers. Today, I'm continuing my discussion with Robin Garster, the author of Behemoth, Amazon Rising. And we're going to talk today about where is Amazon heading and particularly, of course, how does this affect third party marketplace sellers? There are some slightly scary dynamics going on within Amazon and it's important for us to understand how they make their profit and indeed where they lose their money so that we can see where they go next so that we can position ourselves to at least get out of the way if they're going to do something destructive and or even take advantage if it's going to be in our interest as third party sellers. So keep listening. This is big picture stuff, but I honestly think it's some of the most important stuff you can hear if you sell on the third party marketplace. Enjoy the show. I mean, that makes total sense, but it's well, even look at bigger what's than I look, look at what's happened with advertising, right? I mean, yeah, it's, crazy, it's, it's right? shocking, right? That five years ago, there were no ads, essentially, on Amazon. And now, you know, you have to scroll down a couple of pages to find anything that isn't an ad. If you want to sell on Amazon, Amazon uh, advertising is basically compulsory. And I saw something recently which said that the the per click cost of ads was up thirty percent in the last four months. That's a, that's astounding. That but, would make you know, sense. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it is in a certain sense. There's only so much inventory, right? There's only mm. so many clicks that Amazon can actually sell. That's what that is. What it's selling is clicks. So it can improve the rate at which people click, and it tries to do that by providing you know, better advertising tools, and there are lots of advertising agencies now. But, but the reality is that you know, Amazon takes 7.5% of the gross on average for advertising from sellers, and that didn't used to be true. So they've absolutely squeezed the sellers. They've just found another way to do it. Yeah. Although presumably there has to be a limit to that because just like with Google, I mean, a while ago, Google took the the top, you know, had two positions for advertised searches when it used to have none. By the way, I can remember when when Amazon automatic ads just came in, it was new, like everyone was kind of excited, but in retrospect, we should have been very afraid, but whatever. (laughs) Google did a similar thing maybe two years ago now, something like that. And it went from two ads at the top to three, but it hasn't had, it hasn't gone to all of the front page of Google is ads because then presumably you'd start, you know, if you're smart and eventually on mass, we drift over to Bing or Yahoo, or, you know, if anyone still uses Yahoo or whatever <laughs> else it might be, you know, and, and I guess they haven't done that. So do you think Amazon's reaching sort of mass 
advertising that's peak? A really good. So that's a really excellent question. I, and, and I think there's a wider question, which is what could Amazon do that would drive prime members away? Right, because if if you're a prime member of Amazon, Amazon is really your first port, port of call because of the free shipping and all the other benefits. And Amazon essentially in the U.S., Amazon claims to have 140 million prime members. There are only 125 million prime households in the U.S., so it has more than one prime member per household, which is absolutely staggering. So what could possibly drive them away? And I, and I think, you know, the experience on the Amazon website is the place to look. If, it, if, it, if you're drowning in ads, and we are getting pretty close to drowning in ads, that's a problem. If you're getting unreliable vendors on the, on the platform, that's a problem. And clearly, there's a problem with counterfeits and with poor quality goods and with brands that come and go at the drop of a hat and, ha and don't stand behind their products. Eventually, you've degraded the Amazon marketplace experience to the point where people will actually give other places a look or mm -hmm. will prefer to go somewhere else. You know, unfortunately, the alternatives are really pretty poor in the U.S. I, I, the imagine, they are, I imagine they are in the U.K. too, you know. So there's a there, there's a – basically, Amazon is mining the goodwill of its customers and turning it into cash. Yeah, it's uh, a very good point. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting um, – I'm always conscious, and I guess this is like whenever you you kind of come to a conclusion. Jeff Bezos got there seven years before you. Yeah, I mean, right, even right. if you started at the same time, he's just yeah. so sharp. I mean, love or hate him, the guy is yeah. just a genius. And I don't think the people he's employed and, and trained are stupid either. So, no. but really, I guess this is what you call day two, right? So day one is we're always growing, we're innovating, we're obsessed with the customer, the customer is getting more and more and more value. Yeah. And then day two is, oh, actually, you know, guess what? IBM was once a killer company. Nobody mentions that as, as a real business now. And everyone went on about Apple for a while and sort of thought, acted as Microsoft were dead, although actually Microsoft's one of the most valuable companies in the world. So yeah. You can overcook that, but there are companies that were once great that don't exist anymore. And so, you know, Kodak was once a giant in the photography industry, absolutely gone. So I guess that it's always possible. How close are we to reaching that? I guess from the self-centered point of view, from the third-party seller point of view, which is always my view yeah. as one and as a representative of my clients, if you like, then how close are we to reaching the peak ads thing, first of all? Because it is a horrendous cost and it's getting worse, or it has been. Uh, are we reaching the peak of that soon or how far are they going to go with that? I don't know. I mean, it, it, well, I, do, I, I guess the limit is defined by the customers, not by the sellers. That That's the first point. I mean... You know, the poor sellers are involved in mutually assured uh, destruction, aren't they? I mean, they all have to advertise. They all pay that advertising tax to Amazon, and they're now all back where they started before they began advertising in the first place, just, just competing. So can Amazon keep extracting more and more and more from the sellers? Well, sellers will leave, but there's no sign of that, is there? Uh, the number of sellers coming in continues to grow. Some of them are pretty big sales on the marketplace continues to grow it must be profitable for somebody so until the pips really squeak and we see signs that the actual number of vendors on the marketplace and the gross revenue of the marketplace slows down i mean growth is continuing to rocket forward so can't really see any cracks in the edifice yet interesting I mean, can you can you see them i mean 
Well, you know, that's interesting. I, uh, partly it comes down to that churn thing that you pointed out in your, your excellent chapters, which I'm not going to really dwell on because uh, unless you want to work for Amazon, it's not directly re- relevant, but that kind of culture of if you're not right for us, then goodbye, which is true for the white collar workers and very, very famously, obviously, for the uh, the warehouse workers. Yeah. I guess that that implies it, not only is it exactly the same for third party sellers, which is clear that they just don't give a- any kind of hoot, to put it politely, yeah. <laughs> about our welfare. And, and I'm saying they should or shouldn't, but they clearly don't. And are they going to ever? Maybe legislation works, but that's a blunt instrument. I'm not sure that I trust the House of Congress against Amazon. No offense to the congressman, <laughs> but they're not Jeff Bezos. They're not chess masters. They're not obsessive. And, yeah. you know, they're, they're looking out for the next election. So I don't see a mechanism to push that to change. So what that tells me is the aggregate experience of the, the sort of set of people that you have over the, say, a five year period might be what you're saying which is like nobody's leaving it's kind of working but the experience of any particular cohort might well be you go in you get spat out and go that was horrendous i'm giving up on amazon which many people do but yeah. for the more resourceful people that the, the people that i like to think i work with many of them i think are proven to be resourceful the answer is that they pivot the heck away from amazon and shopify has experienced even more growth this year than amazon now i don't think shopify is a big threat to amazon at the moment, and I'm not saying that it will ever be, but something like that or some other alternative platform will probably eventually come up because to your excellent point that you reiterate many times in different contexts, the frightening Jeff Bezos maxim, your margin is my opportunity, applies to Amazon as a third party sort of marketplace as well, doesn't it? Because if the people driving that and driving the revenue are not actually so much the customers, but the people who are paying for advertising, then eventually, if there's a more attractive alternative that's big enough, it, but, they but move. It, but it, but Shopify isn't it because it doesn't no, own any it isn't customers. It. <laughs> it has no, it has no customers and no distribution system. True. Right? Shopify it's, is definitely it's a not front it. End. It's just yeah. a nice front end. Takes care of building an e-commerce store for you. Well, Mazel Tov. I mean, that's great. <laughs> uh, you know. That, that, that and a, that you know that and a course will will get you a glass of water somewhere. I mean, it's not it it it, it misunderstands the power of Amazon's customer base. Yeah, that's that's the magnet. If you mm-hmm. want to sell in the U.S. online, unless you are prepared to build your own direct to the consumer business, you don't have any alternative to Amazon. Walmart is not an alternative, nor nor is Target. They don't have the customer base. So, you you know, you, you, what you can do is to, as you suggested, find ways to build brand equity off the platform and to try and build slowly or quickly, depending on how on your resources, your own direct-to-consumer business that focuses on your niche. That's, you know, that's the alternative. Just going on to Amazon means... you. I mean, in, you know, to extend my sharecropper analogy, the 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 advertising business is just a- Amazon's version of the company store, right? Where you had to buy goods from the company store because that was the only store in town, and they charged you an arm and a leg for it, and you just had that was just an additional fee that the sharecroppers had to pay, and yeah. adver- advertising is just an additional fee that digital digital marketers have to pay. And to be fair, they pay it, you know, they pay it to Google or they pay it to Facebook in order. Say, yeah. and, and one would point out that Amazon's advertising business has grown much faster than Facebook or Google because it's much more efficient. It gives you customers when they want to buy things as opposed to when they're looking for things. 
So, you know, it's both a carrot and a stick. It's the best place to advertise, but it's also basically compulsory. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, I suppose that Google SEO was the big thing back in the 2000s, and then that became pay-to-play to a degree. Although I think Google SEO smaller side i think it's getting overlooked yeah. i think actually google seo is still a great way to build a business but it takes time and it takes a, a, a broader skill set facebook advertising although you know if you want to appear on social media it, it's getting much much harder to do organic stuff and people waste an awful lot of time with social media work when frankly yes you're right i would still advise somebody should i spend money on on this that or the other or amazon ads i would just say you know let's keep it simple it's not even brand ads a lot of the time right. it would simply be the old you know the standard amazon ads That's so right. Last sort of area of questions then before we let you get back to Washington mm. life and consulting with people is is where is Amazon heading? So we've talked about how they make money, some fascinating and critical insights, which I think are, are revelatory, you know, really so important in understanding where's Amazon going, what's driving stuff and, and frightening, you know, logical conclusions about the Amazon ads thing isn't played out yet. So it could well go up and up. So that's scary, but seems realistic yeah. based on the extrapolation of the trends we've all seen. Yeah. So what's happening next? And, and most importantly, how does this affect third-party marketplace sellers and indeed other e-commerce sellers generally? You know, one can so on, on the pla- on the retail platform side, you can see continuing pressure to raise revenues to 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 find income, income from sellers, income from ads, income from FBA, maybe FBA fees or two. And alongside that, surely a correction in the size of the one P business and the and the strategy of the one P business, which for you know three decades now, to what two and a half decades, has been focused almost exclusively on growth and and not nearly enough on profitability. You know that worked for a long time, but there's no particular reason, if you think about it, why Amazon should continue to subsidize consumers by paying them to take goods away i mean that doesn't seem like a a long-term business plan and bezos and and the rest are much too smart i'd also say jassy coming in might change things a little bit there he comes from the aws side he's not so embedded in the traditional retail model over at amazon so he might be able to look at it in a fresh way and make changes faster but, you know, the notion that Amazon is going to spend more money to fix problems on the marketplace, I think, is pretty optimistic. I can't really see that. They, they need to make money. And one way of doing that is by not spending it on things they don't have to spend it on. I mean, they, they haven't changed the interface in a very long time and they won't. <laughs> no, that makes sense. And the thing is, once you get to deal with it, that's not actually the big problem. The big problem is obviously that the violent changes in policies and or just sort of operational things. I was about to say details, but being able to ship in more or less, like yeah. violently more or less into the Amazon warehouse overnight while your stuff is on the boat from China is not really a detail. It's massively no. fundamental. No. So I guess we could see more of that kind of stuff and, and it's getting less and less attractive and jassy coming in is an interesting one i guess we ought to talk touch on that because obviously people to talk about that it wasn't a focus in your book as far as i could tell i guess that was announced well after it was published. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you know how relevant is this i mean why is that move happening do you think is that going to change a great deal or no. is it just an aws jassy has been, been there for 20 years i mean you know he came in originally as uh, bezos's shadow he shadowed bezos for a while and he learned you know he's completely drunk the kool-aid he's he's 
so I think, do I expect to see any significant, you know, sort of rethinking or strategic change? No, this is a continuity candidate and Bezos has been wanting to do other things for a while. And he certainly doesn't want to spend time on the nuts and bolts of the retail business. That's absolutely for sure. He'd much rather be trying to get to Mars. So, you know, so Bezos is there. I mean, Jassy is there to hold the fort, keep things moving, uh, not make too many changes. And, you know, I, I am completely convinced that Amazon is about to move very heavily into healthcare. And I'm sure that's taking a lot of his attention so so you know you can think of think of the retail business as the kind of retail business that you could try and automate to the maximum extent possible what does that mean what does what does that mean for everybody around there well it actually becomes fairly predictable you're going to make you're not going to invest in improving circumstances you're going to squeeze out additional money from the marketplace sellers your own business may be cut back because it's just you're wasting money on it. So, I, and, and, and you're going to get these sort of slightly odd policy changes that seem to occur in a vacuum because, you know, the algorithm suggests that's the best way to do it. Yeah, and I guess that the I would like to differentiate though between the stuff we've learned today and, and you know definitely encourage everyone to get the book Behemoth Rising. You can see it in the background there, Amazon Rising, is that I should say Behemoth yeah, Amazon Rising. Yeah. yeah, Behemoth Rising. So um the the main thing I would say is this, and we cannot tell when the algorithm is going to prompt people to move, but it's like a grain of grains of sand. I understand that the equations to know when a grain of sand when sorry, a pile of sand is going to move based on when it gets to critical uh, right. state is is to do with chaos and and complex physics but if you keep pouring on grains of sand at some point the bigger the pile gets the more unstable it gets the higher the probability that it will shift and shift violently and unpredictably now yeah. that's not rocket science that if you've got a pile of sand next to a house that you should probably stop pouring piles onto the, the sand onto the house or if you've got a tent let's say you're renting the land and you've got a shack next to this pile of sand i'm regretting the metaphor but i'm going to follow it through yeah. now because the physics <laughs> of it works then at some point you should move the damn shack because that is going to fall on your house, whether it's now or in three months, it is uh, you know is not predictable, and that's the same with you no know, stock market investment. Well, you can't always tell when things are going to slide, but the the downside pressure builds, and it's you know part of our job, I think, to look ahead. So, listen, we we could talk for hours on this stuff. Uh, there are the last things that we should talk about in terms of you know where Amazon's going next. What what do you think are the other key well, things? Healthcare is big. You've mentioned. Yes, I think healthcare is very big. You know. I- the retail will remain very important. It's it's it, it's the ballast in the ship, right? Everything else sort of operates around it. AWS is important. There's lots and lots of opportunity. Only a small share of legacy computing has gone into the cloud so far. So they're they're the world leaders there, and they'll continue to grow. I just actually I just wanted to turn back one last one last time to the question of brand because this you know you <laughs> talked you talked about the gold rush. You know, the gold rush of people selling brands and buying brands on Amazon. And I'm really fascinated by this because, you know, my argument is, well, actually, there are no brands on Amazon. So what are they buying and selling? And uh, I think they're buying and selling profit lines. And what the people who are buying it are basically claiming is that they understand the Amazon ecosystem better and will be able to maximize results from that particular product line. And I think that's possible. Amazon is a pretty complex ecosystem, as as you've explained in your podcast many times. 
And having expertise in managing products on Amazon is pretty valuable, provided you don't get confused and think you have a brand. That's a very big topic. We have discussed it yeah. multiple times, but in, in sort of relation to all the things you've been saying, I think there's a lot of truth that Amazon's anti-brand. Anti doesn't mean that you're successful. I mean, you may be a Jesuit and want to convert the whole world right. to Christianity or, or Catholicism specifically, yeah. but that doesn't mean you're going to convert everyone. I mean, over generations, you may convert, you know, a billion people in South America, but you don't convert all of the planet. And I think equally, Amazon's pushing hard to, you know, to make everything search-driven and not branded. But branded search is one part of, of brand. But in sure. the end, as you said, it's an emotional connection that leads you can either charge higher prices or at the same price get higher conversion rates let's put it in simple terms yeah to the extent that those things are true i think what you're buying is the most basic thing if you're an aggregator buying up brands quickly you're buying position and reviews on the search results and um you'll provide you're buying a, a proven set of conversion rates and then you're buying you know supply chain and and that sort of thing to some extent right. as well now right that means that you get a 3x markup. If you're actually got a brand that to some extent, maybe it's a semi-brand, maybe it's a Potemkin village, but at least yeah. there's a Potemkin village, not nothing. Right. And, and people search for your brand and they find, you know, well-written articles and it got some kind of SEO capability, whatever, then maybe that's worth four or five times EBITDA. And that's, yeah. I think, the game that people are playing. And if you use a broker that will find you an appropriate buyer, and of course the buyer to sell a match in other words the seller of the business and the person buying it matters if you can take somebody off you can take a competitor off the table they're always going to pay more and that's yeah. another reason why people buy brands frankly as many many people like why does amazon buy zappos why does walmart buy jet and then shut it down why does walmart buy asda or whatever supermarkets and shut it down well you're taking the competition off the pot of the off the you know the playing fields and i so those are you know pretty standard reasons for buying businesses and i agree they're not buying a fully fledged brand which is why it's reflected in the multiple right yeah you've yeah. got a direct consumer store that's moderately good seven times ebitda upwards is standard so i guess it is reflected in in the price so it's not so much uh that it's not a real business proposition you just need to be real about what it is you're selling and you know the other thing you just said though that the proposition that 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 the aggregators can run a business better than a third-party seller was is indeed the primary kind of thing they've sold mm -hmm. to now wall street and before right. that to venture capital and private equity in many cases i think it's completely misguided because <laughs> like the original guys that said oh you need is just 100 brands and rolled up you know the, the basic idea of aggregation discovered after 21 brands that it was a total nightmare to manage not 21 accounts but like about 100 across the various different marketplaces right, right in different languages with you know 45 products with different requirements in each uh, country uh, with different languages with different language customer support it's a complex business yeah. a lot of people are bitten off more than they can chew is my prediction but anyway that's somewhat by the by because yeah. that's not not so much within the remit of this discussion but it's you know it's not an easy business amazon so we ought to draw this to a close because I know you've, you've probably got many more fish to fry, but <laughs> what stuff have I not asked you about that we should have asked you about? What, what things are you itching to get oh, across wow. we need to know? Um, I, guess, I guess I do think, you know, taking a wider view of this, that, the, that these, these huge digital empires are, are going to demand a response from us. I, I think mm -hmm. if, you know... Unless we're all going to be happy sharecroppers, which I kind of, which certainly doesn't fit in America. I don't think it really fits anywhere. We we have to revisit the 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 rules under which they operate to to allow Amazon just to basically run its empire as a total private preserve where 
nobody has rights to understand what's going on or to 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 review the algorithms that drive everything i i just don't think this is tolerable i don't think we can continue to do that indefinitely i think we've probably already done it for too long it was okay when amazon was tiny but it's not and neither is facebook and neither is google and i i just feel that um allowing them to profit endlessly from the efficiencies of a digital marketplace without putting any guardrails in place is is the wrong direction so but that's not really for your sellers that's for everybody yeah but i guess we're part of that and actually the decision to sell on amazon is is i mean i was gonna say is it an ethical decision it is but i mean even more than that you're at the sharp end and it is a choice i mean yes you don't have the choice where you want to go to the biggest marketplace out there but i've got uh, sellers that are working with me now sort of e-commerce sellers who just started direct to consumer they don't have any kind of marketplace presence at all and Mm -hmm. make a killing i mean they're not necessarily Mm. easy product categories they you know but uh, it, it can still be done. It's very much a thing. Yeah. It's not just a myth. So that is a choice that one can make as well. And I guess that in the end, you may, as many of my friends are doing and, and clients, transition. It doesn't have to be either or. You're selling on Amazon. You start with your own direct-to-consumer sort of, not even direct-to-consumer, you start your own brand, you know, assets, if you like, a website, a Facebook page, maybe a Facebook mm-hmm. group, maybe a YouTube channel. And over time, you also transition the actual sales there as well. And that is a thing I see happening. It's not easy, but uh, I definitely see that it's possible so i guess the sort of saving grace the exit door is there i would suggest so listen fascinating stuff if people want to read more about the book just tell me the the right name of the book is it behemoth rising behemoth amazon rising i'm going to give you the full title behemoth amazon rising power and seduction in the age of amazon i have to get sort of sex and power into there somehow yeah power and seduction good good yeah. words yeah it's well it's a great book i mean it's very readable it's it's quite you know demands a bit of uh, in-depth reading but that's i think a necessary thing i think as we've talked about i, I just would plead with anyone selling on amazon to understand the nature of the beast don't just assume yeah. that just because yesterday's was similar to the day before that tomorrow is going to be the same it, it isn't going to be this is amazon you need to see when the whales the great white whale is going to roll over and crush you and get out of the way yeah. to your wonderful metaphor and um, like the nautical metaphors very very british you got that in your blood still so i know you also um do consulting what you mentioned you've been consulting yeah. for 40 years so what sort yeah. of things can you help people with when you can uh, i i i help people with business strategy and with uh, marketing sometimes but yeah, really trying to figure out the solution to difficult business problems often having an outside view gives you a new way of looking at a problem that's got you stuck and that's what I most like to do. And I do it for small businesses, big businesses and, and governments. So, Excellent. you know, yeah. wherever I can find clients as everybody yeah. else does. Yeah. Well, you've got a broad, broad, broad uh, set of clients that have taught you a hell of yeah. a lot. I'm sure from yeah. the, what you've just said is very, very broad, actually. It's amazing. Yeah. So if you want to check that out, guys, I guess it's www.robingast. That's G-A-S for sugar, T-E-R.com. Robin as in the bird. Yeah. And yeah, it just remains for me to say, know fascinating conversation really enjoyed it i think it's it's very refreshing to stand back from the hurly-burly and look at the game we're part of and to try and really understand it really important work so robin thank you so much for coming well thank you very much for having me michael it's been a great conversation thanks so much for listening to the 10k collective podcast part of the family of amazing fba podcasts 
Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com.